Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And now in the night out, you're tuning in to Wrestle Talk, 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Enjoy the ride. What is going on? It is 8 o'clock. That means one thing and one thing only. It is time for the Best of Talk Podcast with Joe and Renee. And ladies and gentlemen, we've got a great show for you tonight. We've got the High Spot segment. We've got the Shooting Shot segment. We've got the Best of Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. We've got the Fantasy Wrestling segment. And that's not enough, ladies and gentlemen. We've got two gentlemen that I know very well. I've had the opportunity to work multiple shows with these gentlemen. And that is... Frosty Rob Wells, and the one and only, the guiding light, Doug Rafferty. Now, unfortunately, the night owl is still on uh, on assignment, so he's not going to be here tonight. But like last week, I had a special guest. This week, I have a special guest, and boy, is it a special guest, ladies and gentlemen. Joining me this week is the author and owner of the award-winning, he's an award-winning writer with over 25 years' experience writing comedies, stage play, film, television, fiction. Ladies and gentlemen, this gentleman wrote the book, Bluegrass Ballers. He created the East Sleep Wrestle website. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce tonight's host, the one and only John Cosper. What's going on, John? How you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Joe. How are you doing? Oh man, you know it has been a uh, a, a a crazy, crazy past couple couple days. Uh, you know, it's just uh, with freaking uh, road warrior animal passing away, and just 2020's just been a absolute terrible year. Would you not agree? Uh, I would certainly agree with that. Yes, I would agree with that assessment 100. percent yeah, it's just uh, absolutely. I say, say 2020 started to come crashing around us. It was right about the time we got to Tracy's mother's book out last spring. Uh, we had all these shows lined up. Where Tracy was going to be headed to Las Vegas for his first ever Cauliflower Alley. He was going to be inducted in the Hall of Fame at ASW in West Virginia, and, and just had a lot of other great shows lined up. I was planning to make my return to the uh, the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in Waterloo, Iowa. 
where they were going to be inducting uh, Trish Stratus and uh, uh, I'm, I'm blank. oh Mark Henry was going to be there. Uh, a number of other big stars I was really looking forward to it. And uh, the, the upside is I spent a lot of wonderful time with, with with my wife and kids over the last you know nine months, and and, and it's been nice. great. It's been wonderful. I got to actually work at home for two months, which was fantastic during my day job. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's there's been yeah, 2020 just just keeps sticking it to us, you know, with, especially with the passing of the animal last week. That was just that that one hit that one hit hard. Absolutely. So what we're going to do is do what we always do when, you know, we have a legend or somebody in the professional wrestling community pass away. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and hit that 10-bell salute in honor of a Road Warrior Animal. So uh, Hardcore House, if you could hit that drop for us, please. Right now, 
I'll be honest with you, Joe. The first I learned about that angle was just a moment ago when you described it to me. So, um, I just just so the fans know, I I am a, uh, a when it comes to subscription and getting and getting my current wrestling, my my main fix is Impact. Um, I've been been kind of a loyal fan and subscriber to to, okay. to their network ever since the Rascals and Jordan Grace got signed and. Um, I don't catch that, keep up with it every week, but when I want to watch that, that's, that's to me, that's, that's the most enjoyable wrestling I'm able to easily access. Um, my favorite, I'll be honest, is new Japan. Uh, but they just, yeah. they have a, they don't have a Roku channel. If they had a Roku channel that worked, I, I don't know that I'd watch anything else. No, I'd watch impact because impact's got such a great women's, they've got the best women's division in wrestling. But, um, other than catching just the tail end of the pay-per-view the other night with WWE, I, I really haven't watched a lot. Um, I did have the network over the last month because I was using it as research for a for a new book project, but um, I re- really just haven't kept up with it. I mean, it just you know when it doesn't okay. catch it, you know, and, and one of those guys, you know, I, I don't I don't bash the stuff that I don't enjoy because yeah, that, that's that's not good for. There's plenty of people out there bashing WWE for what they're doing, and you know, I, these you know these guys and, and ladies they're working hard, they're they're making a living there and stuff. So um, yeah, I hate to be a downer on the answer in the question, but. Uh, um, no. You know, 30, 31 and nineteen. I mean, it, whatever. It's a show, folks. It, it's 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 not real life. It's a show. Right. Um, you know, they, they they're you got to look at it like they're actors. You know, I mean, you know, he he could be twenty one, she could be thirty, and they could make an angle out of it. And 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 if she's you know, looks young enough, they could play her up like she's nineteen. So, um, I, I mean, you know, it's it's all you know. We're we're watching a soap opera from from it, and, and these are the kind of angles, and this is the kind of. This this is what Vince does. These are the kind of angles he comes up with. You know, it's just just like the "I'm your poppy" angle years ago with with uh, with, uh, with with Ray's son. So I mean, you know, you, you get what you get with WWE, right? Right, exactly. One hundred, one hundred percent. You know, uh, I actually have have been uh, keeping up, at least trying to, with uh, with Impact Wrestling. Myself, uh, especially, uh, you know, they, they brought back in uh, Eric Young, and he became mm-hmm. the, the Impact uh, Wrestling uh, Champion. And I think that was a great move because Eric Young is like, he's so unpredictable. You never know what he's going to do. And I feel that Impact Wrestling is the best place for Eric Young to be with, you know, the, the way that, that he is. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. I mean, you know, a guy like Eric Young needs a place where he has the freedom to be himself, you know, and uh, Impact provides guys with that opportunity the same as AEW does, you know, and I, I think, yeah, you know, right now, I, I think you know, fans are, are going to get to see a different side to a lot of these folks, you know, they sort of know who they were from, from WWE, but as, as they're going back to these other promotions, if eyeballs are following with them, you know, and I think people are going to see this. This is a slightly different way to do wrestling. This is a little bit more of an old school way because, you know, when you go back to the 1940s, there was nobody who pulled George Wagner aside and said, "We're going to bleach your hair, pal, and we're going to put you in a purple robe, and we're going to give you a butler who's going to follow you around with perfume. We're going to call you Gorgeous George." 
that was all George Wagner, who was stealing the act from another guy, but that's another whole story. But, you know, they controlled their own destiny. They created their own characters, and it was, you know, Gorgeous George became Gorgeous George as a way to stand out, as a way to move himself up the card. And, you know, Eric Young now has that opportunity to, to go and be himself and to do that in Impact. Uh, mm-hmm. EC3's got that opportunity. Uh, and, uh, my goodness, look how Luke Harper has been able to, you know, he was a guy that I, I – really wanted to see leave and go and do his own thing because Luke Harper is so much more than, than uh, right. the character that they stuck him with at WWE. And, uh, you know, what he's doing in AEW is just so much more entertaining. And, you know, and, and look at how much, you know, you can feel when they're having fun too, you know. It's like to me watching Anthony Hopkins play Hannibal Lecter or watching Johnny Depp play Captain Jack Sparrow. They're having a good time doing what they're doing. Right. And that, you know, that that, that, that comes through to, to me at home watching these guys and you know, they're having so much more fun and, and they're so much more liberated uh, with the freedom they have. And, you know, and really it's on them. They, they sink or swim based on who the characters they create and how the audience, well, right now the audience at home responds to it, or, you know, or the audience in the arena. Um, and that's the way it used to be. That's the way it should be, you know. So, you know, if, if, you, if, if you sink, you know, you, you've got the opportunity to go back to the drawing board. If you sink with WWE, with the character they give you, they shrug and they bury you. And, you know, hopefully one day they release you. So. It's just, just kind of how it goes. Yeah, you know, and and it, it's so crazy because you see so many different new, you know, characters. You know, like Luke Harper, he was one character in the WWE, but now he goes to AEW, and, you know, he's far more successful now than he was in the WWE. So, you know, I don't hate on any of the other promotions. You know, there's this whole thing of this, you know, AEW versus WWE, and to me, it's just a opportunity to watch more wrestling. You know, I love it, watching It absolutely wrestling. is, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, but, you've got a wrestling but, show on almost every night of the week now. Yep. Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, you know, I, I tape Impact Wrestling on Tuesdays, Wednesdays. I usually watch NXT, and then I, I have AEW taped. I watch Monday Night Raw on Mondays. Uh not quite sure about Thursdays. I don't know what's coming, what comes on Thursdays. And then Fridays, obviously, you have SmackDown. So you have wrestling just about about every day of the week. And if there's something else that you want besides those, you can go to the WWE Network, and they have all different types of wrestling. Like, I was watching a uh, independent promotion, uh, WXW, all the way from Germany to to, to wow. So it was definitely uh, interesting. Yep. And then there's more stuff popping up on YouTube and, and more promotions are kind of creating their own avenues to, to, to watch. You know, OVW has been doing a lot with the Gladiator Sports Network, kind of kind of trying to expand their reach and, and bringing back a lot a lot of, you know, names that, that, have, that have moved on but, but are coming back in to kind of give them a little bit more name value. So um, I tell you, kind of, kind of impact-related, fun story. Um, Badman Pondo's Girl Fight had their first show this past weekend in 10 months. And it was, it was their – their midnight girl fight show last Thanksgiving was the last show they they put on before COVID and, yeah. and some other basically local politics things shut down their January show. But um, I'll tell you, it was I, I finally got to go and, and I can't put them over enough. You know, they they had they had their measures. You had to wear a mask. They checked your temperature. Um, the tickets were pre-sold and they had you know basically whatever group you came in, they had your seats 
you know, together, but still socially distanced from everybody else. Um, and, and the ladies put on a great show. You know, Holly, uh, Holly Cromwell and, and Sai Shin put on a great match. Um, Big Mama finally made her return after after being off having a baby this past year. Um, he's got two ladies, Charlie Cruel and, and Billy Stark. So I've been watching grow. I know you guys have had Billy on the show. Uh, just watching them yes. grow over the last couple of years has been amazing. Billy's going to be a major star one day, and, and Charlie's got all the heart in the world. Just, just yeah, you know, and, and it's it's fun watching watching her character kind of change and evolve. But um, we got to the main event, and the the main event that was booked was Mickey Knuckles. Um, if you don't know who she is, she's one of the most underrated and, and incredibly entertaining right. you know performers out in the independents. And Sue Young. So we get to the main oh, event. Wow. Mickey comes out, makes her entrance. And Sue Young doesn't come out. We get Susie. And uh, <laughs> let me tell you something. Susie is creepy in person. There is something about that. Like, it really doesn't come across on TV without an audience, but there is something mm-hmm. really unnerving about Susie. And, and the, way, the way this match unfolded, you know, Mickey, Mickey is usually all laughs and all jokes and abusing the ref and, and having a good time. And Mickey was playing creeped out right from the beginning. He's like, I don't know what's going on here. I know Sue's in there somewhere. I don't know who you are or what to do. And, you know, there was something about the way she portrays Susie. You know, anytime she goes down to the mat and her face is hidden and she comes up and that hair is over her face. And you just, you're on the, I'm like, I'm on the edge of my seat. And I know that she's got nothing up there where she can slap makeup on, but I'm expecting her to push the hair back and see Sue Young. I mean, she creates so much tension and so much suspense with this character, and I was, I was really, you know, it, it, like I said, it was just a really entertaining match, and, and uh, you know, it, it posted something about that on an Impact page on Facebook, and, you know, there, there's something really, really cool about that Susie character, and, and uh, you know, she's definitely, I, I think, one of the most talented, not just lady, you know, f- you know female performers, but one of the most talented performers out there in, in any major pro wrestling company. Oh yeah, you know a- absolutely. Uh, uh, Sue Young, uh, I-, I remember watching first time I saw anything with with Sue Young. I was I think it was a uh, a it was a evolve. It, it was a women's promotion out of Florida, and you know she she's just creepy as you could be. And you know Mickey Knuckles, you know I followed her career for uh, quite some some time. You know she was at one point was uh was on the Impact Wrestling roster, and then she wrestled on a match, and she ended up breaking her leg, and she continued, you know, she obviously lost her spot in Impact Wrestling, but 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 she continued. She's one of the most hardcore wrestlers, women wrestlers, that you could possibly think of, and, you know, we've had Charlie Cool on the uh, podcast. We've had Billy Starks on, on the podcast. We've had Man Man Ponda on the podcast. You know, it, it's absolutely amazing. Hopefully, I can get they come up with, with with a DVD so I can get that DVD because I definitely want to see yeah. that show. Yeah, he's he's getting exciting. He's he's they're going again in two and a half weeks and he's bringing in. I don't know if you've heard of Heather Reckless, but this mm-hmm. is the lady I saw her yeah. in Vegas a year and a half ago, four foot nine and just the most fearless person I've ever seen right. in the ring. Um, she took a bump where somebody tried to throw her through the ropes and, and misjudged it because she's so short. And I watched that middle rope snap her neck back. I thought her neck was broken. She fell out, mm. thing, got up, and walked it off. <laughs> I mean, she is wow. nailed. So, but uh, I'm really excited wow. to see her. I see her live again, and to see the girl fight crowd respond to her and mm-hmm. what, what she brings to the table. Absolutely, and you know, on another cool level, 
Dr. D a friend. And when, when Dr. D, right. he gets to the point he considers you a friend. I mean, you, you've got an absolute friend for life. And um, I, I thought they did, you know, David, David kind of grumbled about it a little bit. Well, they, they, they cut this or that or whatever. They did a great job telling the story and, and mm-hmm. you know, really presenting David I mean, as, as a hero. I mean, he's, he's a guy who stood up for kayfabe. He, he did what he was supposed to, what he was trained to do, you know, by Herb exactly. Welch way back in the day to, to protect the business for the boys. Um, he was scapegoated, and I mean, his, his days were numbered in the company anyway, just because he he wasn't the kind of guy to, to yes sir, Mr. McMahon, whatever you say, Mr. McMahon. It's just just not who he was. But no, I, I thought they did they did a great job with that show, and um, you got to give it to John Stossel. He knew he was not going to come out of this well, and he just I guess he just decided to totally just go all the way and play heel. Um, because, uh, I mean, he, he certainly came across as the villain of the story. And, um, it's funny because we tried to get David in touch with John Stoss and we tried to get John to, to write something for the book. And, um, I had actually gotten as far as contacting one of his people. And, um, I, I don't remember if I had sent him the sections of the book that pertained to him, but, you know, we had a couple of correspondences and just, just unfortunately never heard anything back. So, um, and yeah. this, this is a couple. This was a couple of years after he had been on video saying somebody had asked him the question about. It. I was like, well, I heard he became a bounty hunter, and I'm not, I'm not sure what's happened to him since then. I don't know where he is, you know. And, and we made a couple of attempts. We tweeted out, it's like, hey, I know where Doctor D is. He, he'd love to, he'd love to talk again, you know. But uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. So, but um, uh, Dark Side of the Ring does a fantastic job with every story they do, and, and I was, I was very happy with how that story came out. Yeah, you know the 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 dark side of of the ring. You know, it was it's so interesting to see. You know these these, these stories. You know, and and something that that you might not not you know re- remember, or something you know that is more to 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 what you you remember, like the uh the brawl for all. I don't know if you remember the brawl for all, and I did not know that the WWE was. Was pushing for uh, Doctor Death Steve Williams to win that whole competition, and then he ends up getting knocked out by Bart Gunn, and that completely ruined his entire push that he had in the WWF at the uh, the time. And it's always funny seeing Jim Cornette, you know, being how Jim Cornette is, and and, <laughs> and how much that he hates Vince Russo. Yeah, I was actually talking to him just the other day, and, and uh, about the, the his comments going off the air of the Montreal Screwjob episode, and, um, mm-hmm. which is which is just just hilarious. But uh, no, I, I think you know I, I always Jim was one of those guys I could listen. You know, I could listen to him tell the stories about the old times forever, and, and talk about the old the old guys. And um, you know, really, when when J. Michael Kenyon passed away a year year and a half ago, whenever that was. You know, we we lost. I think the greatest mind and the greatest walking encyclopedia of wrestling history we had. And you know, right now I was talking with Kenny Casanova the other night. It's like we have a two volume mm-hmm. set. You know, we have Jim Cornette and we have Scott Teal of Crowbar Press. You know, who's written mm-hmm. I don't know how many different books. You know, about pro wrestling and, and chronicled so much history. But 
you know, um, Jim's just one of those guys that, uh, you know, when you get him on the right subject and you get him talking the history of the sport and, and the psychology of the sport, I mean, like I said, I, I could listen to that all day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. One, 100%, you know, uh, going back to Impact Wrestling, I think that, that one of the most interesting things that they're doing right now was everything they were doing with Rob Van Dam and Katie Forbes. I mean, <laughs> it's just absolutely insane. And then uh, I guess this past week she ended up taking a power driver from Sammy Callahan. That's what I heard. I haven't had a chance to, to watch the episode. I actually heard that, that Rob and Katie are now out of Impact as well. That they're they're free agents. Mm-hmm. So, um, be interesting to see see where they go from there. But uh, yeah. um, my my have have there been many guys, maybe one or two, that, that have been a better heel the last couple of years than Sammy Callahan. I mean, oh, everything that's... you know, it, it, going going back to you know, I mean, he had the incident with with Eddie Edwards where he hit him in the eye with the baseball bat. And rather than publicly apologizing and everything, he leaned into it, you know. And he went on talk as Jericho, and and totally turned it into a you know into a worked interview, you know, where you know he, he was like, no, I'm not going to apologize. It is what it is. And um, I was like, wow, this guy, this guy's bringing it back. This is this is this is how it used to be. This is how it should be. Um, and he's uh, you know, I'll tell you too, he runs the most fan friendly promotion in the world, Wrestling Revolver. Is a show that mm-hmm. you know they they've they've only done one show in this area, but I'll go to see them anytime. You know, I mean, he comes out yeah. to the ring and he begins. He's like, okay, everybody, pull your cell phone out. All right, I know most promoters tell you don't record, don't take pictures. I'm going to tell you, record everything, take pictures, post it on your social media, hashtag, and he'll give you the hashtag for that night. He's like, we want you to share this. This is your company. We want you to enjoy it. We want you to share it with others so other people will enjoy it. Um, they just they just do a tremendous job, and you know, and Sammy books his friends because that that's what he wants to do. But Sammy's got some friends that can really freaking wrestle, <laughs> so um, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get a great show if you, if you go to catch Wrestling Revolver sometime. Yeah, um, I, I would absolutely, positively, I uh, love to. I know that Renee has gone to one of the uh, shows, and he still talks about it. To this day, like he talks about it on a on a constant basis, he he absolutely loves pro wrestling. We uh, uh, Volvo. So hopefully one day I'll get to go see one of the uh, shows. Uh, you know, after once this this coronavirus and stuff, you know, goes away and everything goes back to what it used to be. You know, the, the coronavirus that can't happen just, soon enough. <laughs> right? It's just up so much stuff like I, I had uh-huh. I had had plans on going to the uh, Colorado Alley Club reunion for the first time and yeah, of course I you know you talking about that yeah man it, it got 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 postponed and uh maybe next year maybe maybe next year I've never been yeah. to a Colorado Alley Club reunion uh now they are doing a fundraiser this. They are doing a fundraiser this weekend on Fight TV. It's nine ninety nine, and um, Kenny Casanova has kind of, kind of put this together as, as kind of a kind of an outgrowth of, of the Wrestling Bookmarks COVID Con we we did back in the spring. But um, it'll mm-hmm. be Saturday night, I think, starting at seven and going until probably, probably go to midnight if not later. Um, but for nine ninety nine, you can stream it on Fight, and I, I know he's got Eric Bischoff. He's got the Big Show. Um, one of my favorite guys in the world, another favorite of mine to sit and listen to stories, Rock Riddle's going to be on at about 11 o'clock that night. Uh, nice. I think you guys had him on a couple weeks ago, didn't you? 
Yeah, we did. We did have Vodka Riddle, and, and he was an absolute amazing uh, uh, guest. I mean, absolutely oh, amazing. Yeah, he's he's uh, uh I I had not heard of him and and I was at uh I was at, I was at the Hall of Fame in Waterloo and saw him walking around and caught the name and so I googled him real quick and as soon as he came over to, towards my table I introduced myself and I was like so I understand you were a friend of Chuck Barris the guy did the Gong Show and that got him going and he had some Chuck Barris stories and Gong Show stories and we right. kind of went from there and any chance any chance I get just just to sit and just listen to him talk and. And you know, there's there's a lot of guys that'll talk and they'll put themselves over and everything and stuff like that. But uh, I, I really enjoy listening to Rock talk and put himself over. <laughs> he's uh, he's just the best and just the nicest guy and, and so friendly. And um, also, when it comes to you know Cauliflower Alley and other special causes, I, I you know I, I happen to know he's he's a very generous guy and a very a very giving guy and uh you know mm-hmm. wants to give back to the business and, and and not just to the business but but to some other good causes kind of peripheral to the to that as well so um yeah if, if anybody missed that episode i'll say go, go back and listen to it because you, you'll just you'll just get a kick out of rock oh yeah like as soon as as you hear him him talking he starts doing his announcer voice you understand 100 percent why he was on so many tv shows like he's just got oh, yeah. this personality, and he's got this, 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 this voice, and it's just perfect for uh, uh, TV. Well, you know, it is about that time. We're going to bring in our first special guest of the night. This is a gentleman that I have had the opportunity to share the ring with multiple times. Uh, I, I've been able to work for his his promotion, ladies and gentlemen. It's our honor to bring on. The one and only Frosty Rob Wells. I am uh, very wet and cold tonight. It's uh, raining here in uh, my uh, hometown. It is. It, it is a very, yeah. very, very cold night. Uh, you know, so I'm going to go ahead and get right on in this. So you were part of a tag team with the guy that I know uh, named uh, Kenny Craig. What was it like being a part of that tag team? Uh, tagging with Kenny Craig. You mean uh, Fit and Frosty, right? Fit and Frosty, yes. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, I tell you, um, me and Kenny both learned. I think Kenny knew a little bit more in ring than I did. Um, I was more of a showman, obviously. Um, we had a lot of good times. I mean, there was a lot of stuff we did down the house painting together and uh, at SWA for a little bit. Um, I guess we did that for about a year, a year and a half, something like that. might have been two years. Yeah, uh, I, I remember yep. the first time I saw Fitton uh, Fitton Fosty was a uh, it was a wrestling show in uh, Shepherdstown, West Virginia. It was in this little itty bitty building. <laughs> that was the first time. Ah, yeah, the 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 men's club in Shepherdstown. Yeah, that uh, that yeah. was actually uh, Victory Championship Wrestling. Yes, I remember that. That was the first time, and I was like, 
Like, who are these guys? You know, fit and force. You know, you come out and you're this, 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 you know, character, and then uh, Kenny Craig come, come, comes out and he's supposed to be fit, but you know, he's no fitter than anybody else, and it's just, it was an absolute amazing tag team. Let me tell you. That was that was <laughs> that was a great um, great thing Kenny Craig did with the the whole year I fit your fat. <laughs> exactly. Should have really had a T-shirt, honestly. Uh, so you were trained by a guy that, that you know. If you're in my area, you definitely know who this person is, and that was the, the one and only Nick Tide. What was it like being trained yep. by Nick? Uh, my my training was a little bit more uh, what people would call traditional. Um, I really didn't go to a wrestling school. I just kind of like uh, hopped on with Nick Tide and you know set up the ring with him and got in the ring with whoever I could find. I mean, when we had time, uh, I was training with Nick. Um, but most of the time, it was you know out on ring runs and stuff like that, and getting in with guys and just kind of bouncing around a little bit and learning on the road. Man, did that for years. Yeah, uh, Nick. Nick, he's one of these guys that if you're in the area, you definitely know who Nick Tide is. Um, and my last question before I throw it to John Costner, because I know he has a couple questions himself, is you were in possession of the SSW Hybrid Championship. How did you get a hold of that championship? <laughs> and why was it making fun of so mad? So, so apparently, um, I had uh, when I was running PW or wrestling uh, showcase, I had this uh, bag of belts I carried around, and somehow it, the the title got traded off to me to get back to Inferno. I just kept forgetting to give it back to him. He kept asking me, and every time he would ask me, I didn't have the belt in my possession. It would be like at the house or something like that or whatever. <laughs> and so finally, there there's a very famous photo out there somewhere on Facebook where I actually snuck up behind him with the belt over my shoulder and put my arm around him, and somebody snapped the picture with uh, me standing there with a hybrid championship. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> that is it's awesome. Well, John, I, I, I know that, that, that you have a couple questions yourself, so uh, why don't you come in here with whatever questions that you have? Sure thing. Hey, uh, Frosty, it's a, it's a pleasure to be talking to you here. Um, tell me, when, when you were a kid, who, who were some of the guys that, that kind of got you into wrestling and, and made, made you want to get into the business for yourself? Wow, you're going to really show my age here. Um, <laughs> um, I, I came up in the days of like, you know, when I, I was old enough to really watch wrestling, really, uh, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan, your Macho Man Randy Savage, Jake the Snake Roberts, the Million Dollar Man, um, that that kind of era right there, that that really uh, early WWE or WWF actually era. Can we say that? Mm-hmm. Is that is that all right? WWF. Yeah. So I remember my my earliest um, memory of that. I went to a live show at the Hagerstown Fairgrounds, and I believe they were getting ready to bring in Dusty Rhodes into WWF, and he took one. The Million Dollar Man at uh, at the Hagerstown uh, Fairgrounds. I believe that might have been the main event. He hadn't even hit TV yet. That's what was so powerful about it. They they had him they had him in a match there before he hit TV. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was 
we I got to watch Demolition. They took on uh, the Twin Towers, uh, Keem and uh, the Boss Man. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember who else was on that show. That's 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 the matches I do remember for sure. Yeah, yeah. One question I always like like to ask people is, how did your family respond when you told them, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go train to become a professional wrestler? Just like any other family would. What, what are you going to waste your time doing that crap for? <laughs> so, that's, I'm sure there's a, a lot of families that disprove. There probably isn't a whole lot out there that, you know, approve and kind of stand behind you. But for those who do, you know, we, we do thank the families that kind of, you know, come to shows and support, you know, wrestling and wrestlers. Um, yeah. Not everybody agrees with, with the wrestling. Somebody, you know, you get the guy out there, oh, it's crap, fake, you know. So it's not fake. Mm-hmm. It's scripted. Yep. Well, well, you can tell me hurt. And say, well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, what's uh, have you ever had any any good injury stories or, or, or crazy emergency room stories? Uh, nothing, nothing really super bad. I've been lucky enough, really, not to get hurt. Um, I actually have two stories from SWA. I was wrestling TJ Sykes one time, and he rolled in underneath the bottom rope. And as he did, my leg was kind of forward, and he rolled over my ankle and rolled my ankle, like, pretty bad. It, it was hurting. I had to continue the rest of the match with that. And later on, there was a, a a spot in the match where he jumped off of the top rope, and I, I caught him. But luckily, I switched ankles. Like, I switched my legs so that I could catch him, because if not, we'd probably both fell down. Um, there was another instance where I was wrestling uh, Chucky Wayne at SWA, and I was kind of helping out with some stuff in the back, whatever, and uh, I forgot to stretch. I didn't have a chance to stretch for my match. So I get out there, and I take a body slam from Chucky Wayne, and I feel this muscle in my back just go, just like a spring in my back. Bang! And I, I didn't think anything of it at first, but then he rolled over to pin me, and when he lifted my leg up, I, just searing pain right up my back the whole time. So every time he was pinning me in the match, just absolute searing pain going up my back. Um, I ended up that hurt pretty early in the match too. I had to finish that match also. But that's about really the only two injury serious injury stories I have. I've been pretty lucky. Okay. Yeah, you definitely have been pretty lucky. So, uh, what's um. I, was reading here that you're the co-host of a show called The Independent Rewind on YouTube. What's what, what's the show about? Yes, The Independent Rewind. So um, we are. Uh, it's me, myself, or myself here, and uh, Steve Sarks, and uh, yeah, Steve Sarks, and we basically review um, independent matches. Hopefully they're lousy. Hopefully they're good. You know, it, they can go either way. Uh, we don't view like preview these matches. We just kind of look them up watch a couple seconds to make sure it's an actual match instead of like a promo and then we plop it on and we review the match as it goes like everything is completely surprised us mm. so that's a cool and idea. we're about yeah. yeah we're about 30 some episodes in now I mean we did a couple live broadcasts I, I too which the live broadcasts are a couple hours an hour or two yeah that's a real fun show that's a real fun idea yeah, yeah. I, I've seen a couple of uh, episodes, and, and it definitely is a uh, a pretty interesting uh, show. You know, you and, and Steve Sarks are 
of, of, of good friends in, in, in real life, and so you guys, <laughs> when, when something uh, a funny happens, you you guys definitely pick up on it, and, and there, there, there's been quite a few funny uh, episodes on the independent re re rewind because we all know that independent wrestling sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's absolutely terrible. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember being at a live show and, and seeing um, it was it was uh, Mickey Muscles and Myron Reed versus the Chris Brothers. And the, the way this building was, there, there was an entry door like on the second floor and a set of steps coming down to the main level. And, and one of the two guys, I don't remember, it was Myron or Mickey, decided to take a flying jump off of that and, and, and land on, on Dave and Jake. And I guess didn't communicate with him. They didn't see what was going on, whatever. And he just landed, I mean, flat on his face and his belly. And Jake Chris immediately goes running right past me to the wall, laughing so hard, trying trying to stop himself from laughing. But um, unfortunately, the guy got up and was okay. But uh, yeah, it's it's live and it's in front of an audience, and stuff happens, and, and that's 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 part of the fun of it. Yeah. Right, right. And if you can't if you can't laugh yourself, who can laugh at, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. So. Yeah, I I remember going to a a a, a promotion and. Uh, it was like in the middle of the, of the rental time, and, and, and we're all trying to set up the ring, and somehow the boards had been frozen together. Like, I guess it had, like, freezing rain, and so, like, we spent, like, I don't know how long it was pouring hot water on these boards just to get them un, un, unfrozen. I can't remember what the uh, promotion was, but it was definitely a uh, interesting thing, let me tell you. <laughs> actually, actually. That was my promotion. That was the first two ring show that was in the area, other than the Lord of the Rings. And I had Nick Tide's ring. I had rented and stayed outside all night. And when he showed up, everything was frozen to the trailer. And we're in there trying to, like, pour water on the ring and trying to get the boards to come apart. I, I remember that night very well because everybody was like, oh, no, just go with one ring. I was like, nope, I advertised two rings. This was going to happen. I think we even started the show 30 to 45 minutes late. Trying to get this ring set up. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely uh, remember that. You know, speaking of pro wrestling showcase, you know, you, you, you were a a, a wrestler. You were a manager. What made you want to become a promoter? Yeah, you know, I've had kind of the promotion bug the whole time, and I've tried to seat myself in any promotion that would allow me in to kind of help with stuff going on in the back. That's that's like my true calling. I like I like the way that professional wrestling is run with, with the, sh- you know, the show part of it. Uh, I'm really big with storylines. Um, you know, I, I find it a challenge to maybe get somebody who's not that good in the ring and kind of hide, you know, accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. That's, that's a challenge to me. Um, the... Um, Pro Wrestling Showcase, I mean, I, I I, don't think, in fact, I'm pretty sure we never bought any kind of, like, big names from around the area. We had a couple mm-hmm. of nights showed up, you know, watching or whatever, but um, for the most part, I mean, it was all basically homegrown talent. Yeah, you know, I, I remember going to multiple Pro, pro Wrestling show, Showcase shows, and that was the one thing about Pro Wrestling Showcase that, that I liked. You wanted to promote your, you know, the local talent there instead of, of bringing in a big name because a lot of independent 
promotions, you know, they, they bring in multiple big names, and the big names kind of take away from everybody else. But with the Pro Wrestling Showcase, it was you wanted to make sure that the local talent were, were 100%, you know, the ones that were got the uh, spotlight. Yeah, I wanted that to be the draw. I, I, the the problem with the, this area that I've seen here in the last couple of years is you bring in a, a big name and you're not getting to see like the full show that they would put on on television. You know what I mean? You might get you had to get the Russell Lover vibe, which is cool and all, but I mean, are they really going to take that chance to put their body on the line to do the same thing they're going to do on television that you see weekly, monthly, whatever it is? Mhm. Absolutely. So. You know, you you say that uh, that you know you uh, uh, are retired, but if I'm not mistaken, that I guess it was maybe last year, uh, Frosty made a return at ATCW. I know that that you 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 help out with with the sound, but I was there when you made your return to the ring at ATCW. Yeah, I uh, wrestled uh, Dexter Alexander, who I've never ever wrestled before. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure that showed. <laughs> so, um, and um, I mean, there might be a, a few things in the future here too for uh, for old Frosty Rob Wills to uh, get back in the ring. Um, I've been on a pretty uh, pretty good weight loss regimen here as of late. I've lost a lot of weight since the last time I was like really heavy in wrestling. Um, I mean, other than the age. You know, getting old and whatnot. Um, I can be pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John, you want to come in here with any, with any more questions that you have? Sure, sure. Frosty, since you're work, working as a promoter, um, who are some of the young talent that, that you're seeing coming up that people maybe ought to be looking for to, to start branching out to other territories or, or, or possibly go even further? Uh, probably the most the, the shining guys that I had um, obviously had to be the wild cards. Um, I don't think they're tagging anymore. I believe Aaron um, uh, Jason Raditz is uh, off doing his own thing right now. Uh, he's he's a real good one to watch. Like I said, they were a great tag team. Uh, probably one of the best ones from around this area that actually went out and did. Mm-hmm. Um, uh couple other, you know, guys that wrestle around this area. I mean, um, I know I had uh, Simon Shadows for a while. He, he, I know he travels the road, usually down south. Uh, Jacob Edwin and uh, Chris Gatt, they were the young guns. Uh, those guys know, um, I believe Gatt's still wrestling around this area. I know that uh, Jacob Edwin is uh, actually wrestling down south also. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. I mean, I had, I had so many guys come through there. Um, Tuna for Sushi, he was a manager. He he was a really good manager, actually. It's a shame that he doesn't do more than than what he did. Um, You know, off the top of my head, that's about the only names I have right now. How are you guys handling handling the COVID situation? Are you you completely shut down right now? Are you looking to try to run some shows with the safety measures in place? or? Well, we um, actually at PWS we uh, we had shut down about a couple years ago. Actually, um, it just so happened that uh, you know the, the money wasn't there. I tried to run my show as cheap as I could, and 
I didn't, you know, I didn't have my ring. I didn't have a lot of stuff in house that I need to have in house. So, if PWS ever comes back, it's definitely going to be one of those, uh, one of those deals where everything's going to be in house. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not going to have to pay everybody rent for this, rent for that. You know, hey, can I borrow this? Hey, can I borrow that? It's going to be in house that way. You know, it just makes for a better show and makes for a better um, atmosphere for the guys. Um, but um, as far as the COVID thing goes, I mean. Right now around this area, there's there's a couple guys that are running shows and doing some stuff on, you know, YouTube and Facebook Live and stuff like that. I mean, that's yeah. really about the only way you can go right now. Mm-hmm. So, I know, I know the SSW has been putting on a couple shows, whatever. Um, yeah, they've been doing them outside, but, but the format's actually not bad. It's almost like an old school, like in NWA, uh, when they were in the studio kind of thing, you know, with the promos and the matches and everything. I'm not saying the product's great. And because outdoors, but the the the, the uh, model they're following following is actually uh, pretty good. And I know there's a couple other That's places cool. here they're getting ready to kind of release some stuff too. Um, I don't know if I should let the cat out of the bag, you know, because I don't, I don't know how much they want the people to know or whatever. But I've heard a couple places around here that are going to be kind of going to that you know pre-recorded stuff or or maybe like a Facebook Live kind of deal just to kind of get the product out there until we can get back to, I guess, having fans in the building and whatnot. Because I know around here, yeah. there's, I don't know what the rules are right now. I'm pretty sure it's like 50 people maybe or half the amount of people that you normally would have in a building. And I don't even know if that's true yet. Because yeah. there's so many different reports that come out for each state. Yeah, every, every state's kind of handling it different. Every promotion seems to be handling it different too. But it's one of those things, you know, when, when, when things aren't perfect, you know, and, and there's challenging circumstances, you know, the, it, it's interesting to see how different people t- take challenge creatively, you know, whether it's guys, you know, putting mm-hmm. matches up on YouTube or, or, or going to the outdoor format. I've, I've seen a couple of promoters going to the outdoor formats and, and having some good success drawing, drawing fans and stuff. So, Right, right. Cool. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, you you you've won quite a few uh, uh, championships, and the one that 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 sticks out to me is you were a, uh, a House of Pain Wrestling H-O, House of Pain Wrestling Federation uh, tag team champion. Uh, what was it like wrestling for John Rambo? I know he's one of like the big names in the whole Hagerstown area. Right now, surprisingly, and then there's a little bit of a of a story back here. So, back when I started wrestling there, I was wrestling there every Tuesday and Saturday, getting as much time as I could in. But before that, John had uh, had talked to Mike Hay at SWA, and he was trying to get his guys in there. And it was kind of one of those things where I like, all right, I'll send you some guys over here. You send me some guys over here, and we'll all kind of work together. So I was me and uh, Mike Skills, uh, who recently passed. Um, we actually went down the House of Pain for about uh, two or three weeks before anybody really came around from SWA. It was kind of like I was testing the waters. You know, I didn't know what to expect. Obviously, when I went down there, because you know you hear all the bad stories about John and whatnot. And um, but uh, you know all the famous. You know, you guys sit down here and I'm gonna yell at you. And, and tell you how how bad you guys are messing up here at the house of pain and blah blah blah. And I got to sit in on a couple of those meetings, uh, which was entertaining, you know, to say the least. Cause he's not like he's only yelling at me or skills. But um, so we got to like I say, we got to wrestle down there for a good year, year and a half stint where we were wrestling like every Tuesday and Saturday. And I got in such good ring shape when I was down there, just 
you'd be surprised that wrestling twice a week, you know, every week for like a year and a half, what it does does for your cardio and just uh, you know your your ability to just get better. Um, and that was probably when I really had my eyes opened up to how well I was or how lousy I was in the ring before that, you know. So I really got a pretty good education going down there, you know, wrestling there, you know, twice a twice a week. Yeah, you know, I, 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 Sandy, I, I, I remember you uh, wrestling with with the uh, House of Pain as 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 well. Uh, you know, you 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 you've had multiple gimmicks. You you you've had you know uh, Fosty, uh, but the one I wanted to to talk about was uh, Forgotten Rob Wells. How did that uh, <laughs> that that come about? And so so I can't lie. Um, Matt Hardy was doing the, um, so, um, oh, what was that gimmick he did with the, um, broken Matt Hardy. I keep wanting to say, yeah, I keep wanting to say forgotten, but that's not it. That's what I did. Um, then he was doing the, the gimmick where he was, uh, broken. Yeah. Broken Matt Hardy. So I, I kind of come up with this little thing in my head where I was like, you know, how can I kind of do something like that, but put my own little twist on it. So I I dyed my hair, which I normally do blonde, and then I dyed, like, the sides green or something like that, and then I put a black stripe down the center of my hair. And I did a shirt up, got some new gear. Uh, I showed up to SSW's New Revolution Tournament they had, and I told him I was going to do the Forgotten gimmick. Showed up, I went out there, and I just, I didn't really know what I was going to do with it when I started. Uh, as soon as I come through the curtain, I just started throwing my arm up, you know, get forget, 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 forget. And, like, I don't think the fans knew what to do in that first round uh, because then they ended up moving to the second round. But um, when I come out, I kind of got into it a little bit. I I started moving chairs around in the crowd as I come out. Like, I was just – I'd grab a random chair and move it up against the ring and then just walk away. So the security had to come over and grab the chair and put the chair back. So then the next round – after I won the first match, I come out to the Forgotten Ten again, and this time I went a little further with it. I started taking chairs from fans. Like they would, I, I would see them. I could kind of put my mind where fans were sitting in the first match. So if they weren't in their chairs, I would take their chairs and then move them around the ring somewhere else. Like if they got up to the concession to the bathroom or, you know, they were standing up. I had one guy that actually stood up and was doing the, the forget thing in my face or he was um, – uh, he was doing the leap in my face, and I'm doing forget. And I reached around him, and I grabbed the chair and yanked it, like, yanked it from behind him, and he went to sit down, and he fell down on the floor. <laughs> Probably one of the best times I've ever had at a show, and I just kind of continued that for a couple weeks after that. Wow. That's awesome. That's the best thing. <laughs> Anybody who's never never been to an independent show. That's the thing you're missing out on the most. You can go to the WWE show and they're going to play to the back row. They're going to play to the cameras. You get an indie show like that. You're going to get an interaction. Either you or somebody else is going to get, get a personal interaction like that because they're not playing to a camera and to the people watching at home. They're playing to the people that are right there. And that's to me, that's one of the reasons why, why I absolutely fell in love with indie wrestling when I started watching it. Well, most of the places you don't have a choice to because they don't they don't have that guardrail that's up. You know they don't have the mats that are on the floor around the outside of the ring. Like 
you're basically you're you're right there. You're in the seat. You're basically right against the ring. I mean, literally maybe ten feet away from the ring. You know, eye level with the ring. So, well, depending on what kind of ring they have, they don't have a low boy. So I had a nephew who got a wrestling a couple years ago. Took him to his first indie show, and we were talking about Sue Young earlier. Sue Young literally got thrown right in his 17 year old lap. So, very first wrestling <laughs> show. <laughs> nice. I remember my first wrestling show that I've been to. Uh, uh, I, King Kong Bundy was was there, and I was was so afraid of the guy that I would not go up to him to get his autograph. I was like standing back as far as I possibly could to to, to take pictures of him. And uh, at, at one point, I was uh, uh, taking a picture, and his his wife uh, nudged him, and he looked right at me and points, and I just took the picture quickly as I could. I was so afraid of King Kong Bundy. I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah, when you actually get out beside these guys, you realize how big they are compared to what they look like on TV. I mean, they look big on TV, but holy crap, I mean, when you're, like, standing beside some of these guys. I remember uh, Mick Foley came to the Chambersburg Mall to do a book signing, and me and a friend of mine went out to uh, to get our book signed or whatever, and as we were coming in the mall, we looked to the left, and there was a huge line. I was like, nah, I'm not standing in that line just to get a book signed, you know. And so we turned the other way and went down through the mall, and when we did, Mick Foley was coming towards us. So we got to like shake his hand and meet him there for a quick second before he went over to sit down and sign books. And he was big. Yeah. I was at yeah, a show that's... in uh, Fort Wayne last fall, and they had, uh, shoot, who all did he have? He had Demolition, uh, Jake Roberts, Honky Tonk Man, Greg Valentine, Brutus Beefcake. And, uh, you know, you get the independent guys that are there to work the show that night. They're all my height. All of these guys that I watch going up on superstars, they're still larger than life. They're big, they're tall, uh, and so yep. still still in very good shape. You know, when demolitions towering over you, they got their face makeup on and everything. It's like I'm I'm ten years old again. <laughs> this is this is right. Awesome. right. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Well, uh, uh, Rob, it, it unfortunately it is it's just about time to to end the. Um, uh, uh, it, it has been absolutely amazing. Before we go, all we ask is that you agree to come back onto the podcast at some sometime in the future, and you know, uh, I tell everybody how they can get in touch with uh, Rob Wells and uh, watch your uh, independent rerun and your new show with uh, Shane Shadows. I was gonna say I, uh, he'd, he'd kill me if I don't uh, advertise his show also. So, uh, uh, Rob Wells, uh, I do have a Facebook. Um, um, I believe it's just Rob Wells or Frosty Rob Wells. Um, the the more important thing, like I say, is definitely the Independent Rewind. Uh, you can look that up on YouTube um, under just and just look up Independent Rewind. It's a, they have to spell it independent. Um, the uh, we just actually brought Shane Show on uh, the classic Indies, uh, which is, is pretty cool. He's he's got a lot of stuff that uh, really hasn't seen the light of day uh, in mm-hmm. years. Um, a lot of real real classic stuff from back when like Neil Superior was still alive. Um, you know, a lot of classic wrestling stuff that took place at the Sun Stadium. You know, uh, I'm sure there'll probably be something from the Hagerstown Speedway that'll come up. Uh, just a bunch of classic stuff. That nobody's really seen that actually came out of uh, I believe it came out of Neil Superior's personal collection, um, and, and he he somehow got his hands on it, which is pretty cool. Um, and then of course oh, wow. our show, like say the Independent Rewind, you know we uh, 
Um, uh, Shane Show actually comes out on Thursdays, I believe, at 12.15 on YouTube is when they're set to uh, to hit the airwaves. Uh, our show, okay. which comes out on Saturdays at 12 o'clock, or, well, 12.15, because for some reason YouTube won't let you put anything up at 12 o'clock anymore. Um, like I say, we, me and Steve just sitting down, reviewing some matches. You know, we're not exactly the most qualified guys in the world to be doing that, but, hey, we're just here to have some fun and, and – uh, and make fun of people, really. And, and like I say, we we do point out the positive. We just don't do negative, you know, and tell everybody if they suck or whatever. But we do uh, we do point out the positives where we see positives, and and then of course get on them about the negatives. So uh, any any okay, time anybody on, wants I'm to be on the show, right by now. the way. What's that? Let's say I'm on your channel right now. You've got a lot of great matches on this. This looks like a lot of fun. I'm gonna check this out. We're good on this rabbit hole and not work on my book this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a lot of good stuff. There's only been a couple matches where I think one or two matches where we actually had to stop. We actually stopped because it was that bad. <laughs> so, um, and definitely don't have the kids around because it's, it's not for uh, it's for mature audiences only. There's a lot of uh, cussing that happens when, when uh, especially when Steve gets on a rant. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, like I say, we um, well, we do that show or whatever, and then um, came over. I was going with this. Yeah, just uh, you know, like I said, the, the only other thing is just promise that you'll come on to the podcast some sometime in the future because oh. we'd love to have you again. Yes, definitely. Anytime you guys need me, you know where to get a hold of me at. So, yeah, definitely. Um, oh, now I remember. Uh, so if you need, if you want to be on the show, if you have a match suggestion for us for the Independent Rewind, uh, just hit us up at independentrewind at gmail.com. Just send us a, a awesome. link to a match if you want us to watch it, review it, whatever. If you want to be on the show, um, you know, we can work something out, whatever. Um, we had uh, actually when all the COVID stuff, stuff started, we had Zach Rain on uh, via uh, Zoom call. So when all that started. And I think we're going to start having people back in the studio now. So, like I say, if you want to get on the show, have us review a match, independentrewind at gmail.com. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Uh, you have a good night. You too, guys. Thank you for having Thank me you. on. Man, what a great first, first, first hour, John. That was a lot of fun, I must say. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I'm checking out some of this. I, I got a match or two I need to send him, but he's got some. Seriously, folks, go, go check out the, sh- the the channel. He's got a lot of great matches on here, and it's uh, yeah. it sounds like MST3K for wrestling. So uh, definitely right up my alley. <laughs> so this is one the actual right, so- Axel Rotten versus Johnny Lawler. I'm pretty sure Johnny Lawler is Ian Rotten. So and it actually says right there. So um, uh, King Kong Bundy versus awesome. Nikolai Volkov, Jimmy Snuka versus Honky Tonk Man. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw Jordan Grace on there somewhere. So this, this, yeah, I'm gonna kill a lot of time here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what we're gonna go ahead and do is we're gonna go ahead and go to a, a break. Hardcore uh, Hoss, if you could play the um, uh, Christy Marie home, and we'll be back in three minutes and three seconds. With the rest of the podcast, going to play. Natural, no wing liner. Fuck the hell, throw the shit up in a bunch 
What up? Night Owl, Nightmare Jones. What up, Wrestle Talk fam? Do it for y'all. Check me out. Kick in the door, wave in the 4-4. Even them haters can't hate us no more. So unlock your door, cause we got some more. Every Wednesday we here, keeping it raw. Night Owl, Nightmare Jones, and all the best jets. Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest. WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Smashing and killing it like the night at a prom. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are back, 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 back. It's time for the FWWC segment. Oh, my goodness. You know, this past week was, was kind of sad for the Nightmare Jones. Um, got a lot of things going on. So, Nightmare Jones is uh, stepping away a little bit from the FWWC. But don't think that you've seen the last of the Nightmare Jones, because obviously you have not. Nightmare Jones will be back. You just never know when it's going to be. Uh, a lot of you may un- not understand what the FWWC is, and that is fantasy wrestling. You have fantasy basketball, baseball, football, everything else. But now you got fantasy wrestling. This is your opportunity to get into the ring, 
uh, without actually having to get into the ring. We cut promos, we do matches for championships, uh, which, Jimbo Slice, if you're listening, your belt will be sent out uh, tomorrow. Uh, so I will get that out to you as soon as I possibly can. So let's go ahead and get into this. We have a lot of callers. Let's go ahead and bring in a guy that you never know when he's going to show up. Like, I don't know where these portals come from, and that is the one and only LD Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anything from me. 
So, the last words that should be said, who's next to step up to the chant? Have a good night, mm. Jonesy. Have a good night, Jonesy. Uh, you too, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the one and only El Diablo. Now, I'm trying to be a nice guy. I'm trying to 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 be, you know, un, unbiased. So we're going to bring in, you know what, we're, we're going to go ahead and bring in this next gentleman because I do have a couple questions for him. Uh, the one and only Lucky the Luchador. What's going on, sir? Welcome to the podcast. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Um, you know, I, I definitely wanted to bring you on because there has been a gentleman that has came out, uh, you know, he comes back every once in a while by the name of Theory, and it seems that Theory has an issue with the LWO. What's going on with, with LWO and Theory? He's been pretty pretty quiet since, you know, yesterday, but he has a lot of thoughts about LWO, and any time I go out and try to get him to stop talking with a mask, he's sitting on the sidelines, just sitting there eating his popcorn, and it's kind of talk all this crap and not hold it up. Yeah, that that is is, is definitely uh, Theory. Theory is the, the type of guy that he loves to talk smack. Like, like he's going to talk smack day in and day out. Uh, you, you just got to keep on going at him, and eventually – you may end up getting him to to get in 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 into the uh, uh, ring ring with you, but you know uh, I must say, theory is definitely not somebody that that should be taken lightly. But it seems that neither is the LWO. The LWO doesn't seem to be a group that should be taken lightly. I mean, you got yourself, you got Jessica Flowers, you got um, uh, Father Thorne. You got a side. Uh, so what is, is the main purpose of the LWO, if I might ask? Honestly, our main focus is to be the top. No matter, we might be solo runners that we don't always get our win, but when we come as a team, just like we did this Sunday at Clash and defeated the Union, that's our group. We, I, we together going out as LWO are stronger than we could be individually. And we want to prove that to everybody in the SWWC. Be the top. Wow. You know, that, that you've, you've got some mighty big, uh, you know, shoes to fill. You know, you, 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 you obviously have, you know, when everybody talks about factions in the FWWC, it's either La Familia or the saviors of, uh, of, of, of funk. Do, do you feel that down the road it's going to be La Familia, Saviors of Funk, and the LWO? For sure. Our whole goal is to annihilate the LWO no matter one at a time, group, tag, no matter what. I plan on coming after each and every one of them. Especially. Awesome. She's a little side group in our brand that you can, but not all of them are a part of the Boston Million. Ah, 
All right. Well, is there anything else you wanted everybody to know before we let you go, sir? Honestly, other than this Friday night when I have my non-title match against Swag, he might have been able to beat my partner, Ellen Fierma, but it's going to be a different story against me. It might not be for the title, but I sure the hell I'm going to kick your ass. Mm. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was strong words from the one and only Lucky the Luchador. And speaking of swag, swag, what's going on, sir? Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Not too bad, Jonesy. How you doing? Not too bad myself. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I'm a, I'm a defending champion. The previous guest did yeah, realize um, that. You know, we, we, we just had uh, uh, Lucky the Illusional on, and uh, he seems to be pretty confident that this Friday uh, he's going to be victorious over you. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? My thoughts are, ask him what he's done against me in the past. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm. all I got to say. I don't want to speak. I don't want to speak much about LWO. Too many people talking about them clowns as it is. <laughs> Absolutely. So you are, if I'm not mistaken, the only champion on the the uh, the the infinite brand. What's it like being the only champion? Like you must have like a huge target on your back. You know, honestly, honestly, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, uh, pretty disappointed. You know, I, I thought being the lone champ, I'd get a little more respect out of, out of the rest of the people in the brand, but these these young bucks have no respect. They have no respect. They come in here, greens can be, and just start trying to to run the show. And and they they don't give. I mean, I'm not been around that long myself, but I'm pretty seasoned when it comes to the, the infinite brand. And, and they they don't give they don't give the champ respect. And I'm, I'm I don't know what I got to do. I, I keep beating people left and right, and keep defending my title, pay per view after pay per view, and and and. That, that there's no respect, and that that's fine. I'll, I'll fly on the radar. They can, they can diss me all they want, but uh, I'm the one at the end of the day that's standing there holding that title belt above my head. Mm. Absolutely. You know, uh, I, I must say you have been been holding it down as the uh, the uh, a champion on uh, the the infinite. But you know, you you've got a lot of people that you know that could come after it, whether it's you know, Lucky the Luchador or Rage or uh, you know, even Jessica Flowers, you know, it, it's, or, you know, even the lawman. You know, what happens if the lawman decides he wants to come after your title? It's a good question. You know what, Jonesy? I take on all comers. It doesn't matter. Out of all the people you name, there's only one name that I've had a problem with. And she gives me fits in the ring. I don't know what it is. You know, sometimes styles just don't, you know, just don't, you just don't match up. But I, I, I'll give it to Jessica. She, she's a tough opponent. She's only out of that whole, out of that whole LWO group, including Law World Order, Mr. Law Man. Jessica's the only one that, that even makes me want to bat an eye. Makes me train that much harder. She's the only one. The rest of them, they don't sweat me. I don't sweat them. Mm. Absolutely. All right, so is there anything else you wanted to let us know before we let you go? Nah, not really, man. I'm just chilling out, getting ready for uh, this match on Friday against uh, against Lucky. Um, other than that, man, I'm just uh, 
I want to say uh, uh, this has been a fun ride holding this belt, and uh, mm-hmm. I think any and all comers, you got to earn that spot, though. You don't just get in here, you just don't get in, and all of a sudden you get a spot. Whether that be for my belt, whether that be for the heavyweight belt, whether it be for the Warriors heart belt, you don't just get to come in and get a spot. You got to earn your spot. And I'm putting it out there for everybody. Jonesy, you have a good night. You take care of your business, my yes, man. Sir. I'll hold you on the flip side. Swag out. All right. Peace. All right. Well, let's go and bring in, uh, you know, let's go and bring in this, this, this gentleman. He's been on hold for a while. Cody Seals, what's going on, sir? What do you got for us tonight? Jonesy, I'm going to say this once. I'm going to say it for everybody listening. Address me as my title. Mr. Cody Sears. I'm not Cody Sears to anybody except my friends. I am Mr. Cody Sears. Tonight, or not tonight, yes, Mr. Cody Sears. You know, you you, you sound an awful lot like uh, a guy named the the, uh, uh, King of Bleach style. K.O.B. You sound a lot like him. No. No, no, no. You have me mistaken with that stupid, idiotic character. That mindset of being the, the happy-go-lucky guy is gone. I'm tired of it. Everybody wants to snap at the KOB, make fun of him, say he's not a man. You want a man? Is what you get. My name is Mr. Cody Sears. And I'm better than each and every one of you here in the FWWC. Nobody can carry a candle to me. Nobody. So basically what you're saying is that we can see Mr. Cody Sears going after uh, Swag's title very, very soon. Oh, Oh, definitely. You can definitely see Swag. You've been a good champion. You've held your ground, but you've never had a go against myself. You went against the KOB, a stupid, pathetic, drunk. You've never, ever seen somebody like me. But not swag's time. It is time to address El and Thermo. Teresa Auna Pelea. I want a fight. You should understand that, you non-luchador having ass. Spanish, you understand. Come Friday night, you will go one-on-one with me. Hardcore. I will beat the ever-living shit out of your stupid, stupid ass. Uh all right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Mr. Cody Sears. Uh, not sure what's going on with the guy. Seems like like KOB might might have have actually snapped. Like it's finally happened. The KOB has finally snapped, and he wants to be known as Mr. Cody Sears. Uh, you know, let's go ahead and get another gentleman. From the uh, Infinite Brain. Infinite Brain has been blowing it up tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We've had Swag, we've had Lawman, uh, Cody Sears, and now we've got 
the lawman on again. And lawman, what's going on, show? Welcome to the podcast. How are you, show? It's been a while since I talked to you. Yeah, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing absolutely wonderful, sir. So, you know, you're you're back in the FWWC after a long hiatus. You find yourself on the, the Infinite brand. Is the lawman happy being on the Infinite brand? Quite simply, I'm not. Hmm. And why is the lawman not happy on the Infinite brand? It's because our general manager has no no spine. He 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 had a chance for us to get the second pick, and he couldn't do it. He tanks just comfortable with second place or third place. He he just he's too comfortable with himself. He doesn't have the drive to bring Infinite to be that number one brand in the FWWC. Mm. Wow, that that's some. Some 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 mighty strong words. You don't think that you know Tank's gonna gonna listen to this and and you know you have to pay some uh, retribution for for talking bad about him, do you? Because well, you know listen, he does. The king of bleach or or whatever. He, I, I I took out a warrant on him. He he did hard time in jail. I guess he got tired of staring at the king of bleach in the mirror and decided to have an identity crisis and become. Mr. Cody Sears, but see, I served him justice, and our GM just couldn't couldn't let him sit in jail and serve his time. He had to go bail him out of jail, and now he's his bodyguard. Oh, wow, that's that, that's definitely definitely interesting. So you're saying that Cody Sears is general manager of Tank Westbrook's bodyguard. That's right, but Cody Sears needs to get on medication because he's having an identity crisis. He's he's having a multiple personality disorder. He doesn't know who he is from day to day. That is true. That that is definitely true. Just by talking to him, you can definitely tell that 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 something is going on because you know it's not the KOB like everybody knows. Uh, you know he's demanding to be called Mister Cody Sears and. It, it's it's I, I I don't know I'm I'm kind of glad that I'm not on the infinite brand so I don't have to deal with it I I kind of feel for you you know having to deal with you know Cody and you know everybody else you know but you also have Swag who holds the only title on the infinite brand but are you going to see the lawman go after that title like I said the other day. I may be part of the union, but I'm in the FWWC for one reason, and that's gold, and I'm not going to let the union hold me back. I'm in the mm-hmm. FWWC for the lawman and what's best for the lawman. So, like I told him before, just watch your back because I'm in it for me. Absolutely. You're uh, in it for you, you know, whether it's facing Cody Seals or Swag or even the LWO, because we know that the unions had their issues with the LWO. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts about the LWO? So ever since I came back to the FWWC and was drafted on Infinite, 
all has been crammed in my head is LWO, LWO. But I've defeated Rage. I've defeated El Infirmo. I've defeated their leader, Lucky. The only person who I have not defeated in the LWO that's in the Infinite brand is Jessica Flowers. I've fought her several times and it's been tie after tie after tie. Uh-huh. But Friday night, I just want to announce this. Friday night, it'll be the Lawman one-on-one versus Jessica Flowers in a handcuff match. The first time a handcuff match has ever happened in the FWWC. Hmm. Well, good luck on, on that. So is there anything else you wanted to let us know before we let you go? Jessica, Friday night, justice will be served. Ooh, justice will be served. You heard it. You, you heard it from the lawman himself. Now I know that there's one more person in the FWWC that is on hold right now, and ladies and gentlemen, that is one and only part of the Happy Boys, the one and only Hardcore Hoss. What's going on, sir? How are you tonight? Since sliced bread, but 
personally, I think they're just delusional. <laughs> well, maybe they, 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 maybe they are hardcore hospital. Unfortunately, uh, a time is definitely short. So, is there anything else you wanted to let us know before we let you go? No, nothing I can let you in on right now. Just know that Hardcore Hoss has a couple big things coming up. And, well, mm. I'm going to pick myself back up, and it's going to be interesting. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the one and only Hardcore Hoss. That concludes the FWWC segment. Let me go ahead and bring in the guest host of the night, the one and only John Cosper. Welcome back, sir. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. I'm sure that you'll probably be wondering what the heck is going on. <laughs> I'm just hanging out here, just listening, enjoying. <laughs> Absolutely, that that that's all that you can do. The FWWC segment is always a fun, fun, fun segment. Well, now it's time for our second guest of the night, the Hardcore Hoss. If you could please play that music, so. Doug Rafferty since the last time you came onto the podcast, sir. Well, let's see here. I plan to go to. Oh no, that got canceled. Then I was going to go to. Uh, now that that got canceled too. <laughs> then I was going to do. Yeah, that got canceled. Then I was going to try. Yeah, basically, <laughs> uh, not a whole lot when it comes to. The guiding light, I guess you could say. I've been uh, mm-hmm. working a lot, uh, trying to get a little bit, little bit shape, uh, shed off some uh, COVID pounds, I guess you could say, and uh, sitting back watching a lot of baseball and uh, from home. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to do too many games. I haven't done any games at all this year. So, uh, mm. yeah, that's that's been basically my summer. Thanks <laughs> you summer now. <laughs> I, I am from, from the grapevine, and and you know I am you know uh, a, a fan of the WDWA on uh, 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 Facebook. It seems that WDWA has a new facility in uh, Martinsburg. Can you give any insight to that, sir? Yes, actually, I was at the the, the new site. Uh... Uh, let's see here. About two weeks ago, I, I drove down to the new site. It's uh, I can't think of the address right now, and I really hate to say that, uh, but it is a very big building. Um, not only are they going to be doing uh, WDWA stuff, but they're also going to be doing T-shirts and jackets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to have a lot of cool stuff there when it comes to that stuff. And then when it comes to the ring, uh, we're going to be able to fit, I think, a little bit more than where we're at up in Berkeley Springs. Um, yes. It's a fairly decent venue and a, a lot of parking. So you mean so, to tell me that I can 
that I can piss off everybody that I know and buy a, a guiding light Doug Rafferty jacket if I wanted one? That's you could awesome. do that. If you you could do that if I ever decide to like get a mass produced. <laughs> Cause I have a friend by the name of uh, uh hardcore sis who is is your biggest fan in WDWA. She goes to just about every single one of the the uh, shows. She's a little girl. She's a little lady. She's like maybe five foot 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 tall. You definitely couldn't couldn't can cannot miss her. She usually comes with her brother uh, John. They always talk about you, so always it, talking it, about you. Yeah, isn't she like not only five foot tall but also five foot around? Uh, I, I mean, one day I I remember her came in the show one day. She had a she had a trucker hat on. And she had this vest on. She looked like Trucker Norm. <laughs> oh my goodness, Doug, 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 Doug. <laughs> uh, you always are quick with 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 words. I have one more uh, a question, and I'm gonna throw it to John because I know he has has a, a bunch of uh of questions. So one thing we didn't get to talk about is you are a huge Dusty Rhodes fan. Like, you are such a fan of his. You actually have a Dusty Rhodes uh, uh, elbow pad tattooed on your elbow. Uh, what made you become a fan of, of Dusty Rhodes? Was it the hard times? Or what exactly What is it for Dusty Rhodes that made you such a big fan? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I go back before hard times when it comes to uh, the American dream. Uh, there was basically four guys that got me into the that got me really wanting to be in the wrestling business. And actually, the there's a fifth one uh, that I'll get to here in a moment. But those four guys were, of course, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, uh, superstar Billy Graham, the Valiant Brothers, and uh, and then finally. Uh, a gentleman that just passed away here recently, and I was a very big fan of his growing up, was uh, Mr. Wrestling Number Two. So I, I go back to Dusty in the Georgia Championship area. Uh, you know, I, I'll watch it every so often, the big turn in 1980. Uh, and I remember seeing it as a seven year old as a kid. You know, he's trapped in that cage with the assassins, uh, Ivan Koloff and uh, Ole and Gene Anderson. And uh, like I said, I'll still get back and watch that uh, that whole thing. But the dream was uh, every man, uh, the way he talked, the way he acted, the way the way he moved. Uh, the bonnet elbow is legendary. Um, you know, if somebody throws an elbow nowadays, it's like no big deal. But when the dream threw it, you knew it was a big deal. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm a very big fan of Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> mm, absolutely. We can definitely tell. All right, well, John, I know that that you have a lot of questions. Uh, Doug is is a, a master of old school wrestling, and I know that you like old school wrestling, so I'm sure you have a bunch of questions. Oh, absolutely. I'm actually scrolling through your Facebook page. The WDWA shirt's really cool, by the way. Um, but uh, I'm seeing you guys had Ace. When did you guys have Ace Austin in there? Was that before his impact run? Uh, no, I actually, I think like he was uh, – I think he was yep. the Impact uh, Division champion yeah, when uh, LT brought him in. I actually had to miss that show. I had some uh, uh, some prior – I think I had to be in at work. <laughs> Unfortunately, I do have another job. 
Um, uh, I'd yeah, be in the work that weekend, so I ended up missing that particular show. But uh, it drew well. Uh, him and uh, Shane Malice put on one hell of a show, from what I understand. Uh, both great talents. And uh, every once in a while, we have some surprises up there. Yeah, I say I, I first got to see him. It was it was probably two years before his impact run. He had relocated to Ohio and uh, was working for a promotion here in Southern Indiana called Paradigm Pro. And uh, just to watch how fastly he's risen and 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 turned into a pretty pretty cool personality on TV has been really exciting. So um, let me let me ask you this: What was it that, that that got you into the wrestling business, and specifically what what led you into, into becoming a referee? Um. Let's see, the wrestling business, like I said, it started back in 77. I was a four-year-old kid, uh, saw it on TV, watched a lot of Georgia Championship Wrestling. At that time, it was uh, Superstation 17 out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Wrestling 2, was, uh, I was a big fan of his. Um, I can get back to the names, Tommy Rich. Um, and I'm throwing out some old-school names here. The uh, Mass Superstar. Uh, of course, like I said, you had the Valiant Brothers uh, on WDC, uh, WD, uh, WDCA out of Washington, D.C. Uh, they, had, they had the WWF stuff in the mornings at 11 a.m. Uh, superstar Billy Graham, you, know, you see somebody that big, who among his arms, tie-dye, you know, that, that yeah. catches your eye really quick. <laughs> so, um, so you're kind of in that sweet know, spot for picking up different different promotions on television, it sounds like. Right, yeah. I was uh, – I, when it comes to wrestling, I was, uh, how can I put it? I was, uh, I had good fortune. You know, uh, I can tell you basically the whole television schedule for that Saturday morning for me between WW, mm-hmm. uh, WWF and uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling. Yeah. So That's exciting. Uh, uh, a big a big guy that I, I loved watching as a kid, knowing with Dusty was a big fan. Um, and I'm starting to get, with him passing, I'm starting to watch a lot more of his matches again with uh, Mr. Wrestling Number Two and the Bonic Knee Lift. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the Bonic yeah. Elbow, yeah. you had the Bonic Knee Lift. And uh, I mean, when that guy hit you, he, you went flying. <laughs> so whether you wanted to yeah. or not. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how some of those guys work. So, so I, again, how, how did you how did you get into becoming an official and working as a referee? Well, it started out. Uh, I went to a lot of NWL shows up in Kaiser, West Virginia, and I became friends with Dick Kirkoff. And uh, about 2001, uh, my dad had passed away, and at that time period, I was doing some. Sh- uh, I was driving uh, one half of the Rock and Roll Express. I'm very good friends with uh, Robert Gibson, name dropper here. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Drum so, away. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Dick uh, got me uh, started at the House of Pain. Uh, went there for about a year or so. Had an ankle injury, not from there. Um, and I got away from it for a little bit. And then uh, uh, it was a promotion out of Five Star Wrestling out of um, Greencastle. Uh, Spazman Anthony and uh, Jack Cammer uh, got me back into refereeing because I did some shows here and there. And then. Uh, Dick brought me back into the NWL, and then uh, I started doing a lot more shows for Shane Shadows with CPW. And since then, it's been kind of uh, fast-forwarded, I guess you could say. For the past 10 years, I've been going pretty strong with it. Yeah. So I know yeah, too, I, WWE I, – sorry, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. No, but, 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 go, go, go right ahead, sir. I didn't mean to – The thing that jumped out at me about – 
about the WDWA is that you guys are a family friendly promotion, and we was curious why you guys made the decision to do that. And, and uh, I mean, as somebody who grew up on wrestling, I, I really appreciate that because of, I was able to watch it as a kid. You know, it was obviously I grew up before the Attitude Era as, as, as well. So, uh, why you guys cho- chose to do that, and, and, and how the fans and especially the kids uh, respond to that. Well, that was a decision on uh, LT and Melinda's part uh, to make it more fan-friendly. Uh, you have a lot of stuff going around there. You know, uh, we, we do have the occasional uh, specialty stipulation matches. I know I was part of one last year where I went through a table and <laughs> everything. Okay. Um, but the fans really like it. And, you know, and, and as Joe said, you know, I'm pretty quick with it with the insults. Um, I also try to keep those insults clean as much as possible. Um because it is family friendly, and you know, even though if I'm playing a heel manager, you know, the kid comes up to me uh, and wants the you know, autograph, which uh, even today it still seems weird for people to ask me for my autograph, uh, unless I'm paying for something and they have to make me sign a credit card statement. Um, yes. <laughs> it, it, it's very weird when it comes right down to it, but I, I'll be the first one to pose with them. I'll be the first one to sign it, you know, uh, and, and do that for the kids. Yeah, I say so. My my favorite memories of independent shows a lot of times are it, it's it's the interaction with with little kids and heels especially and um, yeah yeah I, I remember one night up in Fort Wayne you know catching you know Sammy Callahan's at ringside the Chris brothers are in the ring and he is just red faced he looks like Tommy Lasorda screaming at these two little boys in the front row and kicking up dust like he's like like he's on the pitcher's mound or something and I was like those kids they're going to talk about that for the rest of the year you know that, that's going to be a memory oh, yeah. I always carry with them and um I I, I just I, again one of the things you don't get with WWE that I just love about independent wrestling yeah and, and the thing is you know with without a, without the fans you know we're nothing yeah we're just just exactly. no like uh, working in a yep. call center which I'm a supervisor at when I'm not working, and uh, <laughs> and I help out with a with a restaurant and stuff um, throughout the week. And, and you know, you're just one of those guys. You're just a, but you, know, you you have that kind of interaction with the kids and the people. They they remember that. And I, I mean, I can tell you a story. When I first started doing the managing bit, uh, I think what was it, Joe? Three years ago, something like that. I started. Yeah. Um, it was after one of my knee, <laughs> two one of my uh, my second of two knee surgeries. Uh, when LT asked me if I would be a manager, I was like, yeah. And it took me about three months before a lot of people said I took to it pretty quick for me to be comfortable yeah. with it. It took me about three to four months for me to feel comfortable with it, to get where I wanted to be with it and what I wanted to do. And I'll still change my look up every so often, uh, you know, from the jacket to um, uh, my uh, ring corner jacket to uh, – Every so often a sweatshirt to I even got a couple of Hawaiian shirts now type stuff just to kind of change it to, to keep it fresh and um, it took me about four months to really get used to it and then once I started getting used to it then it kind of took off uh, to where I've actually been kicked by a fan uh, <laughs> and another fan hit me in the back of the head that one I didn't even realize because I'm hard headed um, and then yeah. uh, I've actually had threatening messages. To me on Facebook, nice <laughs> with, some, with some with some very vulgar language between two old women. That uh, one has a really man, manly haircut, and uh, when I tell her to settle down, sir, she gets all mad about it and stuff. I get confused. She looks like a man. So, uh, yeah, yeah. 
So it kind of yeah. took off, and it, it it was definitely that old school heat that um it's missing today in wrestling. You you don't have, I mean AEW is doing really good at bringing out the managers, but they don't have that heat. Um, and yeah. Jake Roberts is a great heat magnet, but everybody loves Jake, and and I I, I actually attribute Jake Roberts to a lot of my weight loss because um, I ballooned up to about 277 several times, but um. I got into DDP yoga by a chance meeting with Jake Roberts. And uh, that's what got me started on the DDP yoga, which I am a very big proponent of. Uh, if you guys have not done it yet, you want to get into something like that, I'm telling you, it's very addicting. I try to do I, I Lately, I've been doing it every day. There was a couple times there for a while I was taking a day off, uh, and I'm back full-blown doing it. But uh, with the, and a lot hey. of the problem is like there's no, there's no fans in the buildings right now. So it's kind of hard to get heat. Yeah, as a yeah. manager, but they, but wrestling today is missing those heat magnets. Uh, I mean, you know, just mm-hmm. a couple months ago, everybody whined and cried about Jim Cornette about what he said about uh, the uh, the moped joke, you know, across Ethiopia. Uh, it was an outdated 1980s joke, and people get all whining and crying like you know he had to quit in NWA. But yeah. there's not those heat magnets of Freddie Blassie, um, the Grand Wizard. Um, Captain Lou Albano, which I'm a very big, I'm a big, I'm a Captain Lou guy. Bobby the Brain Heenan, um, Jim Cornette, Paul Jones, J.J. Dillon. I mean, I can name the names. <laughs> Gary Hart. You know, that's missing today, and that's the biggest thing. Yep. And a lot of promotions don't use managers, and I think it's a big mistake when they don't. When it comes right down to it, because you have to have that antagonist. Because there's a lot of people that don't know how to get over on their own, and that's where they need the manager. Yeah, and that, that's and it's absolutely still possible to get to get that heat. I've I've seen you know there's a guy out of Owensboro named Teddy Kennedy, Teddy King who's he stepped away from it. But I mean I remember watching a woman with a you know a baby under one arm pointing her finger at him and screaming from the back row, tears in her eyes. She was so furious with rage at him. I was like, this is real to that yeah. moment, you know, and right. um, Maddie Max from the East Coast, I saw her come out in front of a crowd, had no idea who she was, but within 30 seconds, they all wanted to rip her hair out, you know, well, so it's, 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 it's still possible. I will tell you a yeah. story. What's her name, Joe? Hardcore what? Hardcore shit. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, I was uh, uh, on Music Push and sent me a picture of you laid out in the ring with hardcore sis uh, over top of you, covering you for a pin. Yeah, if she cracks just, a couple ribs, she weighs too much. That hurt. Just saying. But what she should be is crybaby sis. Because I made her cry one night at ringside. Supposedly, I was cheating <laughs> so much, she actually went to the promoter and whined and cried. And she had tears, crocodile tears. They were so big, they were bigger than her head. That's a big. Uh, that's wonderful. <laughs> and, and, she, and she went to the promoter and cried that, that I cheated too much. I'm merely an advisor. Uh, right. I remember when uh, you first came out as a manager, uh, Gavin Jackson. For the longest time, Gavin Jackson was a super, super, super baby face, like American-made Gavin Jackson. And he joined uh, Doug Rafferty, the guiding light, and I was sure that that was the night that you and Richie Wright were going to get into a fight. <laughs> we Richie all know White. Who Richie, 
<laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> like I said, I have I've managed to piss off a lot of fans. I'll admit to that one hundred percent. And the program that I worked with Gavin for the past year was probably some of the best stuff I've ever had I've been part of. Um mm-hmm. we had a lot of heat. Uh the fans loved it. They hated us, uh, and uh, it was it, it was a really good time last year with that that whole from from start to finish. It was very good, uh, and I, I love working with Gavin. We make a good team. I uh, hope to one day get to be in this quarter one more time. <laughs> oh, absolutely! You know, uh, you you uh, do your management stuff there with WDWA, but when it comes to uh, championship Pro Wrestling, CPW, you know, that's when you become the the referee, Doug Rafferty, and you've had the opportunity to referee at a place that I've only got to referee at once, but it was by far one of the most funnest times I've ever had in a wrestling ring, and that was at Big Bear Lake. What's it like... <laughs> What are some of the stories you have for refereeing at Big Bear Lake? Big Bear Lake is probably, uh, out of all the places I've refereed through the years, or even as a manager, I've never managed up there, but as a referee or any talent, anything I do, that is probably my favorite place to go. I have missed it tremendously this summer working with CPW. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things I love working with Shane and CPW it's old school. It's very old school. Uh, the fans are into it. I mean, they, they got their beer coolers. They got their wives with their cotton dresses uh, coming out there. Uh, their kids, some kids in diapers drinking Coca-Cola out of a, uh, out of a uh, baby bottle. <laughs> um, they're a fun crowd. And it's probably one of the few places that I've actually, where I've refereed or done anything, but I'll actually drink a beer with the fans. They're loud. They're enthusiastic. They're part of the show. Um, I've been doing it now up there for about, I guess, uh, eight years. And uh-huh. I, I make sure I mark on my calendar every time I think, you yeah, know, it's time to hang this up, man. I'm 47 years old, blah, 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 blah. But it, that that's one place that keeps me coming back. I'll put on the knee pads. I'll put on the referee striped shirt. And uh, I love going up there. That is a fun place to referee at. Uh, I know that a lot of the guys love it up there. Um, you can't get a better crowd. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I said, I've only refereed there one time, and that was the time where – I got the Stone Cold Stunner where I was drinking a beer, and then I ended up getting a, a body slammed and a leg drop by uh, uh, Haas. Uh, what's his name? Big, Big Haas guy, Leonard. Haas. Uh, yeah, Haas I, I have to admit, I, I have to admit, <laughs> when you got stunned and, and body slammed and, and, and the, splat, or the leg drop by Haas, I, I laughed. I honestly did. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was definitely a lot of fun. Uh, you know, you you wrestled, you you refereed there, but you also uh, have refereed for a group called ATCW, and they're more of like a hardcore type of group. Uh, 
John, you may not know this, but in ECW they had a Taipei death match, uh, and you know you, you had glass that was uh, uh, you had tape and glass, and Doug Rafferty refereed a Taipei death match. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> I got, I, and I bled like Dusty Rhodes that night. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, actually, I'm gonna be making my way back to ATCW though, Joe. Um, oh, you are. Yes, I am coming back to referee. Uh, like I said, with me taking the pounds off, the knees have felt a lot better. Uh, it's time to get me to, get me to do a little bit more stuff out there in the wrestling business. Um, you know, besides CPW and WDWA, I'll be throwing back that senior referee shirt back on. Uh, matter of fact, I still got them in my closet, the black and green. Uh, black shirts with green lettering and everything. That, uh, that was actually my idea to do all solid colors like that. Um Nice. So, yeah, eventually uh, I reached out to Chucky and uh, actually we talking and uh, Mike Black. And uh, I'll be nice. heading back there here pretty soon as soon as we get a show going here because it seems like uh, there's some dude that works in the health department or something all around the area has his nose up uh, the health department's butts around here and uh, yeah, uh, is uh, stopping everything. I think he's a ring announcer or something, but, you know, he knows just enough to be dangerous and uh, – He's been causing a lot, from what I understand, a lot of shows to be shut down and stuff, even though it's social distancing and stuff. So, um, we've got a few of those in southern Indiana as well. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, evidently, I know he's what been talking about, uh, so I'm not yeah, he, evidently, he's been pretty well having his lips uh, up against the guy's butt cheeks, the doctor's butt cheeks. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> WWA had the show, they were promoting it, everything was cool, and then, like, the day of the show, they get a call from the health de- department basically saying that they can't put on the uh, show, and, uh, yeah, LT was not too happy about that. No, <laughs> and like I said, I- I'm just a talent, I'm not in the management part of it, but, you know... Yeah, a guy doing that kind of stuff is like, dude, just mind your own damn business. You know, if you want to whine and cry, you want to do your own thing where you're at. I mean, get your little microphone, talk into the phone, t- microphone, tell everybody, hey, blah, 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 here's coming to the ring. Then shut up and go and sit down and do your, and, and know your role, basically. Um, but, yeah, it, it's kind of sad. And Like I said, not only did it happen to WDWA, but there's several other promotions, from my understanding, that. Um, this this person, I guess, has had a hand in. Um, you got to be ashamed of yourself because you know it's it, it's only hurting the business instead of people working together. Uh, yeah, because we're all in for the same thing. We're all in to put on a good show. We're all in to make a couple bucks. Um, you know, and by doing that kind of stuff, you only hurt the business. Um, and it I hurts think. your reputation when it comes right down to it. You can when it comes right down to it, you look like an ass in front of the boys. I well, definitely agree. Is, is there yeah. anything else? Any other questions that you wanted to ask, John, before we get into the uh, Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge? Um, I, I, I'm ready to get on to the challenge. I was going to say that it's, 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 uh, it, it's sad that that kind of politics still happens. You know. Um, hey, wait a minute. Um, he never paid me the money he owed me last time from when I beat the crap out of him on this game. Well, this time you're not facing <laughs> me, though. This time you get to go one on one with Eat Sleep Wrestler's own John Cosper. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, glad I got my beer here, so we're 
<laughs> there you go. See? All right, so uh, if you gentlemen are ready, uh, Hardcore Haas, if you could please uh, play the game show theme for us. Challenge night contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Our contestants are Doug Rafferty, the Guiding Light, and East Street Wrestling's own John Cosper. In a few moments, I will ask you three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer, just shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's Game Show Challenge. Tonight's Game Show Challenge category is titled WrestleMania Guest House. I will give you information about three famous individuals who were involved in matches at WrestleMania. When you think you know who I'm talking about, just shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's contest. So, for example, uh, we'll answer this question right here. At, at WrestleMania 24, this man, known for his boxing skills, defeated the big show Mike Tyson. in a... Floyd oh, Mayweather. No, Butterbean. Butterbean. No, it was not Butterbean. Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather is correct. John Cosper would ah, have gotten crap. the first point. So now you all know how this gentleman, how this is going to go. So if, so are you gentlemen ready? John Cosper, are you ready? And Doug Ramsey, I'm good to go. are you ready? I'm good all to right. go on this one. All right, question number one. This 2014 Hall of Famer, is uh, he competed? Uh, is the two and zero at WrestleMania? He competed alongside Hulk Hogan in the main event of the first Mr. WrestleMania. Mister T. Uh, Mister T. T. Is correct. I believe that uh, John Cosmo got that one. So we have no. That would be Doug Rafferty. Doug Rafferty. That one was oh, me. That was, <laughs> that was Doug. That was Doug. Uh, that the intern Timmy is. Boy, I tell you. I tell you, Joe Lance is crooked. No, he has one. No, he's short, but he's crooked. John Casper doesn't have any yet. All right, question number two. At WrestleMania 11, this professional football player competed Lawrence against. Taylor. Lawrence Taylor is correct. Doug Man. He won the like, <laughs> WrestleMania Game Show Challenge, but we still have one more question. Okay. Question number three. At WrestleMania 15, this man was brought in as a special opponent to compete against the winner of the ball for all. Butterbean. 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 Butterbean is correct. Doug Rafferty, you have won the Talk podcast game show challenge. Uh, Hulk O'Hawks, if you could please play the, the music for us. DJ yeah. All I do is win, 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 no matter what Got money on my mind, I can never get enough And every time I step up in the building Everybody hands go up And they stay there And they say yeah And they say that Congratulations, Doug Rafferty, once again winning the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge Maybe one day sweet. 
one of us will be able to beat you. <laughs> you, you I, I tell you what, <laughs> I know my history. I, I, I really do. I've like followed a lot through the years. I think there's only one guy that has really uh, kills me when it comes to wrestling trivia and and history. And I, I'm telling you, that's Shane Shadows. The man, man is like a freaking encyclopedia of professional not wrestling. Lying. <laughs> I've I, had I, one I even I even tried to fool him on a theme song for a wrestler that used Footloose in Star Kid eighty four, and he nailed it. Wow. That's crazy. But Doug, yeah. it has been a, 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 a honor and a privilege to have you on. Uh, the only thing we ask is that you uh, agree to come back onto the podcast at some, some, sometime in the future because we'd love to talk to you again. And how can the fans get in touch with you? And John Cosgrove, are there any other questions? Uh, anything else you wanted to say to, to Doug Rafferty tonight? Uh, Doug, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I wish you guys the best of luck, and uh, hopefully this virus goes away and and, uh, and that new building works out for you guys. And uh, maybe the health department will get on your side. Maybe he'll be a fan. Well, if they fire that dude, it'll be okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's been a real pleasure. I love coming on the show and stuff like that. Um, like I said, I'm looking forward to getting back out there with the fans. You can always reach me on Facebook. I'm pretty easy. You can just find me on Facebook under Doug Rafferty. Uh, usually you'll see a lot of Toronto Blue Jay stuff, as you found out tonight on the Facebook page, and a lot of stupid stuff that I post on there. Uh, also, uh, yeah, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Instagram. Uh, I'm too untechnologgeable for that kind of crap, but uh, I, I do have a big presence on Facebook. Uh, like I said, I'm looking to get back to some normalcy. Getting back after the shows with WWA, uh, back refereeing up at Big Bear Lake, CPW, and a lot of the fair shows that we do with those guys. And also, you know, working back with uh, ATCW. Um, it's been a while, so it's time to it's time for everybody to get back to normalcy. It's time for everybody to get back loving one another when it comes right down to it. Because you know, you see, you see too much crap going on out there. People bitching about this, pitching about that. If if you if you're for one guy, then oh, we can't be friends. Stuff like that. It's time everybody be back to being Americans, and uh, and basically getting back to being normal. <laughs> and I think that's where a lot of the problem is nowadays. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting back out there and stuff, and uh, meeting with the fans and seeing them. Uh, like I said, I'm pretty accessible through Facebook. Um, I always have my phone with me somewhere somehow, and uh, and also I'm looking forward to getting back up to the Sky Dome. And I refuse to call it Rogers Center uh, and catching the Toronto Blue Jays on opening day. So uh, it's time. <laughs> absolutely. All right, well, Doug, thank you for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. That has been Doug Rafferty, ladies and gentlemen, John. My goodness gracious, thank you for coming in, taking time out of your schedule. It has been absolutely amazing. Uh, can you tell us before we let you go anything that you've got coming up? Like uh, any books or anything you got coming up? Well, I just released The Ballad of Cousin Elvira, which is the biography of Elvira Snodgrass. She was the number okay. two woman. She was the top heel in women's wrestling in the 1940s. 
um, had, oh, wow. had a good long run with Mildred Burke. It was kind of a long lost story. She was um, actually kind of got into her at the same time I did the Black Panther Jim Mitchell when I was working on my very first book, and, and it was kind of a labor of love to, to kind of dig up her story. Um, got to talk to one of her surviving nieces and also her nephew who sadly passed away before the book came out. But uh, it's it's a great read about about one of the early you know one of the early pioneers of women's wrestling, someone who really developed a character and and uh, and really was a major draw. You know, people talk about the women's revolution revolution in wrestling. You know, you got to go back to those days of Mildred Burke when they were working two out of three falls every night, and they were the draw over the guys. So. Um, that, that's my latest release. I've got one I'm working on right now. Not still not ready to announce it, but real excited about this this one. Guys of my generation and, and you guys' generation are, are going to eat this one up. Um, and I'll be dropping the name soon, but just, just not quite ready to do it yet. So, but people can find me at eatsleepwrestle.com, and I've got links to all my social media on there: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, so feel free to follow me on all those sites. But eatsleepwrestle.com is the place to find all that. And you can also order my books direct, and uh, they, they all come signed. And uh, that means if you order Dr. D's book or uh, Madman Pondo's book, Tracy Smothers, that they are autographed by them as well. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I am still reading the you know, uh, Bluegrass Ballers book. Absolutely amazing read. Uh, once again, thank you, sir, for coming on to the podcast. It's been a, a absolute pleasure. Uh, you have a good night, sir. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you guys. Yes, sir. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this concludes the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Uh, the Wrestle Talk Podcast uh, with Joe and Renee. I, I'm losing my mind a little bit here. Uh, let's go ahead and we're going to close it with. Uh, what music are we going to close it with? We're going to close it with uh, a little bit of rock and roll. Uh, it's been a great night. Until next week. Episode 314, we out.